indicator of struggling with food addiction is spending your last dime, literal dime on food. Oh my God. Yeah. How many times have you gone through a drive-thru and you're like, I don't even have dollars, but I've gone through the drive-thru so many times that I have stocked up my change. And I know I've got at least a few meals worth of, of, you know, money in here. I can buy a meal. Yep. You know? Yeah. I've like so many times I just saw myself at the McDonald's drive-thru. So there was like this one McDonald's that was by my work where I was at the height of my addiction. The one that I would go to since we're talking about crazy shit food addiction had us do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I talk about this all the time, but in case no one's ever heard me say this, I would leave work and I would always talk to Jonathan on my drive home because it was like an hour commute. I worked in Houston and we live in the suburbs. So it was an hour long drive and I would stop at McDonald's, put him on mute and order my McDonald's and tell him that I had a work call coming in. And so many of those times I was counting my change because yeah, we didn't have the money. So when you said that, it's just like, I like visioned, I, I saw the exact drive through the exact McDonald's, like me giving I can picture this lady I was giving quarters to when you said it. That's mm-hmm. crazy. So yeah, I've done that. that a few times. Not a few. I mean, yeah, a lot. Too many to count for sure. But, you know, I got to a point where I was starting to order like two whole meals. Mm. Like I would want that much food, yeah. but I would make sure that I got two drinks So that it was like, I was getting a meal for someone else, but really I was consuming all of it. Yeah. That's the most common thing I hear. Like really commenting on my videos. That is the most comments I get. People say that they're ordering two meals saying, and they like tell the person in the drive-thru. Yeah, you have to, you have to, this is, you know, this is for my kid. I got to take this for my kid or if it's my boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. Cause you got to let them know. I'm not eating all of this. See, I just like ordered it and I didn't care. I guess like that was definitely the height of mine. You know, like it was definitely the height. Um, I, and I honestly, I didn't do that many, many times. Um, but I remember the few times that I did and I was like, okay, I have an imaginary friend that I'm feeding and it's, within myself and I'm pretending like I'm not you know doing this and I really am and you know check back to sort of reality and reevaluate really what I'm doing um and at you know sort of at that point I was realizing that I was really getting out of control more out of control than I already had been but that was sort of a wake up call for me when I was starting to pretend like I was feeding another person and really I was just going home to consume it all or just eat it in my car you know yeah that was my favorite place to binge was my car same and what would you say this is kind of off the subject but I'm so curious like what else was going on in your life when you hit the height of your 
food addiction? Hmm. I would say I was in the most toxic relationship Mm. I've ever been in in my life. Um, It was, um, it was, it was very bad. Um, It was the first year and a half was sort of good. And then it just went straight downhill to hell. Every single day was, I don't think I realized how high, how high my anxiety was. I had gone through a really traumatic event in this relationship and I was mentally at my lowest. Um, I was battling like, I was battling like suicidal thoughts. I was because of the things that I was engaging in, in in this relationship. I wanted out so bad, but it was like, I couldn't get out as bad as I wanted to. And it was so crazy because this is, this is wild. This person that I had such a toxic relationship with is who taught me my value Mm. in both ways, in the positive, but also in the negative, that I don't deserve a person like this. However, he lifted me up so much and did, it's crazy. It's like, this doesn't, it's hard to explain because I'm sure many people have been in relationships where it's, it is like you have good qualities about this person. However, they're so bad for you. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I was in. And it was just a cycle. And so he really did like, he's like, like, you're an amazing person. Like you're, I didn't feel worthy of who I was like personality wise, but also my appearance. And he was like, you're such a cool person and you're so beautiful. And he was the person that accepted me at, I feel my ugliest that's not the right way to put it or whatever but unworthiness yeah and so um I got out and I had my son I had to move away to get out I moved to Colorado and um I had my son and that was just like the biggest shift you know you realize when you become a mother and you have to take care of someone other than yourself that you are you are worthy your children show you that daily and it's so validating to have this little baby who doesn't know anything about your past doesn't know has no judgment towards you that just loves you for who you are because you're the their caregiver and you want to provide for them. You want to be good for them Mm. and you want to strive to be your best for them because of how much they give you. I'd never had connection like I had until I had my son. And so, and I think that had to do with sort of me being a single mom from the day he was born. Yeah. And that connection was forced on me. If it hadn't been forced on me, I don't, I don't think I would have been able to accept it any other way. Yeah. And so that's sort of how I've been able to pull myself out of 
the hole that I had created and dug myself in. So, wow. That, when you were describing the relationship of like how they, he shows you your value in a negative and positive way, like at the height of my food addiction, I was in a similar relationship, but it was like my work. It was my relationship with my work. And it was exactly like that, like the way that you describe it. Like it opened me up to all the possibilities of what I was capable of, but like the relationships at that job and like even that career path was not good for me. Like it was toxic, but I never even like that without that experience I would not be where I am now yeah because like it ignited a confidence in me and like I was lifted up in a lot of ways I was poured into in a lot of ways through education and personal development but I had to leave in order to like actually utilize what I learned Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah absolutely yeah and that like toxicity of it had me so stressed too, like so much anxiety. Like I would not sleep because I was just thinking about work all the time. And I was a total slave to food, like over, like I would stay up too late because I was like numbing out, like wanting time to myself because I was so over stressed at work. And then sleep through my alarm every morning and then be late to work because I'm getting my fast food for breakfast which was just contributing to like the issues that I was having at work (laughs) and like ordering with everyone at and I know so many people can relate to this like it's so hard to like eat clean and healthy when like you're at work every day and they're all ordering out Mm-hmm. And you, and I would just say like, F it, like, I'm just going to eat what everyone else is eating. And yeah, that, I mean, that's what it was for me too. Like, I just, I didn't know how to handle that much stress. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like this is a pretty common thing for work, yeah. work environment that it's not always like easy to sort of cope with yeah is that what you've experienced throughout your career in working with other people like with other food addicts no just in general like workplace environment no matter the workplace have you had experiences where the work environment has been more toxic than like positive oh yeah (laughs) I mean I've never had a work environment that was positive. Really? Like, ever. Wow. No. 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 I've always found myself as like being more emotionally mature than the people I'm around. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Like, not that I like have my shit together, but right. like the subject of conversations and like drama and 
complaining all the time. Mm-hmm. Like that is my experience is like people talking shit about each other, complaining and like complaining and not doing anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Like that is my experience of any job I've ever had. So I've never experienced that wow. until my current job. Mm. And I had an experience this week where we're doing this chili cook-off for our community coming up. And we were doing a competition within the office to see, because I'm not doing hair right now, within the office to see who made the best chili. Okay. And whoever wins, then they get to make the chili for the cook-off. So I they were asking me what I was going to bring. And so I decided to make like a white chicken chili. And I, I don't even know how the conversation got brought up, but I think I was probably just joking about it. And I said something about my chicken being organic. And they were like, are you serious? And I was like, I mean, yeah, that's, that's just what I buy. Like I've, I've never bought non-organic meat you know I've I've always done that and so they were like oh man we're getting all organic chili from Sammy and they were like mocking me and making fun of me and I was like that's fine guys I you're not bothering me for one second by mocking the way that I prepare the food for my home and so, and then they, they had also bought candles in the office and they asked if I wanted to purchase some candles. And I said, well, actually I don't, I don't burn candles. And they're like, why? And I'm like, well, there's just a lot of toxic, you know, chemicals and things in candles. And so I just, for myself, like I understand if I'm in somebody else's environment, I don't have a choice in the matter, but what I can control is my own environment in my home. And so I choose not to burn candles. And so they were making fun of me because of that. And I'm like, you guys, you can, you can make fun of me all day long. I'm not going to go home and worry about it because I'm confident about who I am and how I provide for myself and my family and my health, you know? Yeah. It just, I'm not used to that. And so, and it's, it's like, that's fine. You guys want to sit there and be toxic to me. <laughs> you're kind of wasting your time. Cause I just don't care. Yeah. That is so. something I have came up against and other people in the community have came up against. Jonathan has came up against because when I quit that job and then I like really started taking my health seriously. And me and you were a lot different in that regard because like you grew up eating like healthier mm-hmm. foods like that. And I grew up on the standard American diet, like through and through. So I didn't even know about organic until yeah. 2020. Like I didn't even understand. I've never had read an ingredient label in my life. Like I knew nothing. And it was, it was when I started learning about that stuff that I was like, I like was woken up mm-hmm. to the realities of like why I was so addicted to food. And one of the reasons, and, um, 
yeah, like I had a couple different jobs after that and every single one I had that experience that you had. And Mm. it was really hard for me because I'm so new in it. Like I hadn't built that confidence for you. And I was like, get me out of here. Like I cannot be in this environment. Like I was just so hyper aware of everything. Like you said, the candles Mm -hmm. and like, I worked in this other salon where they were telling their customers that the products they were using were safe and non-toxic. And I'm like, uh, I cannot, <laughs> I have to get out of here. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that, that was hard for me as well. Just doing hair and being so, you know, natural sort of, and like here I am putting chemicals in, and I'm, con- I'm ingesting it. I've had respiratory issues probably since I started doing hair oh, wow. and I do feel better now, but, um, I did have a few I had some serious reactions to some products that I used that I had to go to the doctor for. And it's hard because when you're making money off of something like that and, and I mean, I, people will be like, what do I put on my hair for, for, um, you know, hair loss? And I'm like, baking soda, <laughs> just put some baking soda on it and just stimulate <laughs> your scalp, you know? They're like, what can I do to grow my hair? I'm like, collagen peptides. They want to buy product. And I'm like selling up, you know, go down the road to the, you know, health food store, get your supplements. And, you know, that's what I would, I've always done that. And they're like, who are you as a hairstylist? I'm like, I'm not your typical hairstylist. I'm not going to push product on you to make money. I want you to use like, you know, natural things, skincare. I only use oil on my skin, you know, like I don't use product that has ingredients. And so they're just like, what? You know? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. One thing I have people comment, like, I'll be talking about something toxic. And they're like, well, what about your hair color? <laughs> That's the one thing. Okay. Right. That's yeah. Same. The one thing that I'm just not ready to go there. And yeah. like the products I do use are like better. Um, right. So I'm like, I'm not, see, I'm not perfect. We're not yeah, perfect. No, we do the best we can in this day and age. And that's perfect along with the, like what we talk about with food addiction, where it's like, we're talking about the crazy stuff it had us do, but we don't like never eat certain foods. And right. Eat. Yeah. Cause that's like you say, like, that's the complexity of food addiction where it's like, we cannot be abstinent from food and like we also cannot be perfectly non-toxic with every single tiny little thing like yeah we just don't live in a world where that's possible you know yeah and if you I mean that would take the same amount of energy just the other way you know what I mean this this is pendulum you know and so we have one side of it where we're consuming 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 and then we're restricting, restricting, restricting. What we need to do is we need to find that healthy balance to where our pendulum is not swinging so far to one end or the other. And we're finding like less movement because mm-hmm. that more that pendulum swings, you know, the further it's going to go back and then we're going to have a bigger binge or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that really what it is, is which we comment on this a lot is just the guilt and shame. If you're going to have something, have it just don't feel bad about it, you know? 
if you're, you know, what, what I have found to be helpful for me to not feel guilty or shameful is obviously being conscious of it, but it's been my activity. So like I go to the gym three days a week. I lift really he- I was lifting really heavy weights until I got pregnant. Now I, st- I still lift weights, but I just lift lighter, but I li- I have more reps that I do. And so that movement that I get throughout the week allows me to reduce my guilt and shame over time until now. It's like, if I do eat something like it's not a big deal. I have the confidence that I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to work this off or whatever. I'm not a slave to it. It's not like attached to me in any kind of way. Um, another thing that I feel that is sort of a attribute of this is like the hiding. Hmm. So if I am going to eat something, you know, that I typically don't eat on a regular basis, I'm not going to hide that I'm eating it. That sort of puts it further down as well. And so I try to just be open about, I mean, however open you can be, but you know, if somebody's like, Hey, let's go get this food or pizza or whatever. I don't eat. I hardly ever eat pizza anymore. And so I'm like, yeah, let's go get some pizza. And if I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat it. I'm not going to like feel bad about it. I'm not going to like eat less or whatever. I'm just going to go and enjoy it and have a good time with the people that I'm with. Because I think another thing that I know I used to do when I would eat with other people is not eat very much. And then I would pretend like, I don't even eat that much food. I don't even know how I am the weight that I am. But in reality, it's because I'm eating all my meals alone when I'm with other people. I'm like, I'm not going to, I don't eat that much, you know? (sighs) That's so true. You know? So true. And I remember doing that and it was like the most torturous thing was like trying to not eat what I actually wanted to eat when I was with other people. Yeah. That's what I have to go eat before. That's because I knew that I couldn't eat after. What if I couldn't eat after? Mm. So I have to eat before. So that I will be somewhat satisfied in the moment while I'm with the people that I'm supposed to be eating with. And then eventually, doesn't matter what time it is, when I depart from them, I will be consuming another meal. Yeah. Doesn't matter what time. (laughs) I'll find whatever restaurant is open. I remember used to when I would like go out to the bars before I was even 21 in Carbondale actually Sammy you let me use your ID a couple (laughs) (laughs) I remember that I remember that oh my goodness I forgot that's so funny yeah Sammy let me use her ID to go out um that is funny we would always go to steak and shake after or I would go to steak and shake by myself And I would just like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say the thing I'm just going to say. (laughs) It wasn't even bad. See, this is like, I was abusing alcohol really bad too. So I was like, 
I would eat my steak and shake. And this is other stuff too. Even when I was not intoxicated, I would eat my food while I was in the bathtub. Like I would get my fast food and like binge while I was in the bathtub. (laughs) Taking a bath? Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. Like not in an empty. (laughs) (laughs) Just hiding out. Um, Like a bath brings me comfort too. It's like something I don't know. I've always been that way. Like I love taking a hot bath. I take one every single night or yeah. maybe even twice, like randomly during the day. Yeah. And like eating in the bathtub for some reason, I don't really do it anymore, but I used yeah. to do that a lot. I've never done that, but <laughs> I feel like I would have, if I'd thought of it, you know, really relaxing. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. What else? What else have we done? That's crazy. So, I mean, I've taken every single, so this is really funny. I was thinking about this the other day. I've taken every diet pill. Okay. I've taken every diuretic. I've taken every, um, laxative teas, you know, whatever it was. Um, I remember a diet pill that came out probably close to 10 years ago. I don't remember. I don't remember the name of it either, but I do remember this one aspect of it. And it was a warning that if you used this, you could develop a leaky stool. And I had some friends try it and it was working for them. However, nobody was being honest about this one specific symptom, okay? And so I have like an iron stomach. I had, I don't get sick. Like I never get sick from the bottom when I eat food. Okay. And so I'm like, this is fine. I've got no problems with this. This is not going to affect me. And it did. Mm. And I'm like, is this still going to be worth it though? Can I risk having a leaky stool to lose some weight? And I did for a little bit. And then it just got to the point where I'm like, I'm going to kind of get sick and tired of this because I just don't know when it's going to happen. And I stopped using it. <laughs> but I'm like, it was worth the risk at the moment. You know, yeah. like, I didn't care. I wish I could remember what that, what that was. It was in a, it was in a blue, um, like packaging though. I do remember that. Like, but, where did you get it? Oh, it was just at Walmart or, yeah. you know, it was just over the counter. You know? Yeah. I use so many of those too. And I cannot remember any of them. Fintermine, you know, have you tried yeah. any of those? Do you think... get that from a doctor? No, I never got anything from a doctor. Mm-hmm. I remember being jealous of like the HCG. Like, oh, I never tried I knew that. Did that. Yeah. Is that like the hormone drop? Something to do with pregnancy. That's the pregnancy hormone. Yep. Yeah. I remember I had, a, I knew a couple people who did that and I like couldn't afford it. It was like super expensive. Like when yeah. a person came out and I was jealous of that, but I was, I didn't think I could do like the 500 calories a day thing that you had to do. Oh, I don't, I didn't know that. Ooh. Yeah. No <laughs> wonder why this is working. Cause yeah. you're only having 500 calories a day. <laughs> it, that's another thing I find to be so interesting is that, you know, that you have to combine qualities of a diet for it to work 
And it's like, well, yeah, no kidding. That's why it's working because you're not eating. Right. Right. The whole calorie deficit thing. It's like, yeah, but that is literally why the diets don't work. (laughs) Right. Because I mean, they work, they help you lose weight, but they don't last. Right. And then there's your pendulum swinging back the other way. Yes. And it sucks because like we're trained that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you're so lucky you did not have leaky stools because no, I did. No, I mean, with like you had an iron stomach when you weren't on the pill. I mean, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Because for me, like, and this is, I was like writing a post today to post later, but it's like ways that I, ways that food addiction showed up for me. And like, I would know that if I ate this food, I was going to end up like running to the bathroom and I would eat it anyways like right no way I can't imagine like the negative side effects right like that's a sign of addiction like you do it despite the known negative side effects absolutely and for me it was like shitting my brains out like (laughs) I cannot even tell you how many sketchy ass gas station bathrooms I've like ran into because I'm it's either that or poop my pants (laughs) my sisters are like that and so I've always experienced that you know from a second person perspective, (laughs) but I, I never did, but that, I don't know, like that would be something that I would struggle with. I, I'm not comfortable with stuff like that. So like, what do you, I don't know. Um, just like having to be honest about having to go poop. Oh, like, I don't want to be like, Hey guys, I'm about to shit my pants. I'm going to go to the bathroom right now but I just want to like be incognito about it I don't yeah. know I've had to become that way. right that yeah that would be hard for me but yeah. I mean when I was pregnant with my oldest I pooped my pants once yeah when I was at Walmart <laughs> and it happened again, even recently in the past several months, because I had too much dairy because I was getting lax because I was like, oh, clean dairy. Let's try it out. No, let's not. Yeah. Well, I was diagnosed with IBS when I was like 12. Yeah. And it's so funny because so I've, I've had those, I've had these stomach issues my whole life. And it's like my whole family has had them, the women So it's like this known thing, but the doctor's like, just reduce stress and eat better. (laughs) I'm like, I'm 12. Well, now I look back, I'm like, I'm 12. I was 12. And he said, reduce stress. Like, and that's a whole other conversation, but it makes me think like, like our gut health, because that's really what IBS is. It's like, an imbalanced gut mm-hmm. where your body's not properly digesting foods and that shit starts like when we're babies so it's like that'll be another episode about like the timeline of food addiction right but yeah having to use the restroom was like telltale sign I was addicted because yeah. that was terrible side effect that I just didn't care I wouldn't I would have to induce it you know oh so I would have you, to like 
take okay. laxatives and got it stuff like that um, See, so that's isn't that IBSD isn't like I don't know what's bowel syndrome um or no IBSC IBSD is diarrhea IBSC is constipation so I don't know because it's not like I was it's really not like I was constipated either I mean I feel like I've always been pretty regular but I would just want to like flush everything out you know I did do this one extreme thing one time as well where I would drive to St. Louis which is two hours north Mm-hmm. once or twice a week just depending on the week to get colonics oh really and so I was like 21 or 22 I think and I had heard about this and I'd been researching it and I was like you know this was whatever people were talking about you know you could possibly have like 20 pounds worth of waste mm-hmm. in your colon I'm like, oh yeah, that's totally me. You know, like I've got to go check this out and see what this is about. I'm sure I could get 20 pounds of waste out of my colon. (laughs) So I go, I'm going up there. They would give you like stomach massages and it was this beautiful, like holistic place. And so she would do these colonics. And if you guys don't, you guys, I don't know if you guys know what a colonic is, but it's basically, they stick this thing in your rectum and then they put water through your colon and your intestines and it like cleans all the waste out. And oh, they, she would always do like coffee. It was like a coffee enema. Mm-hmm. So I've been going a couple of weeks. I was feeling, I was feeling a lot better. I was, but I had never had a, uh, I had just discovered, what is that blue drink at Sonic? The... <laughs> The ocean. It's like, something. yes, ocean water. Ocean. Is that what it is? Okay. I think. <laughs> so I had, oh, that was like one of my things, ocean water and, mm-hmm. um, and mozzarella sticks. I would yes. do that all the time. Yeah. So <laughs> I go up there to my appointment for my colonic and she's like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Um, you know, whatever is coming out of me is like green. She's so proud of me. She's so proud of me. She thinks that I'm being really healthy. And in reality, it's the blue dye from my ocean. Oh my God. Did you tell her? (laughs) You did. I had to. I had to to be honest. I couldn't, I couldn't lie about it. But it made me feel so bad. I'm pretty sure I quit going after that because it made me feel so bad that. Here I am. I'm spending so much money. I am driving two hours for an appointment, going so far out of my way, and I'm not even honoring this process. Mm. It's just allowing me to have shit, you know, literal and figuratively, (laughs) you know, like it was ridiculous. So I did learn some massage techniques, though. (laughs) To help me go to the bathroom if I ever needed to though so that was kind of a good I have kind of one I've never done one of those but now that I'm like actually being healthy I kind of want to <laughs> I would love to get would you one now. I can imagine. Okay. oh yeah it was nice it wasn't <laughs> terrible um so yeah. that was probably the most extreme thing that I that I ever did like 
physically, you know, or, or, or I'm trying to think of how to put that, like, um, to sort of like, uh, intervene mm-hmm. other. I mean, I would do like, I remember one time I did a diet where I didn't literally did not consume food for a month. What? Yeah. It was a breakup diet, but I would weigh myself multiple times a day just to see how much weight I could lose in a day. Were you just drinking water? Yeah. And working out. And I was working out too. Yeah. But I was only like 19. Oh, a month. I would say, yeah, it was 30 days. And then he called me back up and then we got back together and then it all came back on. You know, so I yeah. I really definitely good. did a, like a couple days at a time after breakups. Mm-hmm. I, and you know what? I was always like, man, this is crazy. And now I'm like having this kind of aha where it's like, did I create this on purpose? Cause that was the only time I would ever not eat was after a breakup. (laughs) Yeah. You want to hear something else crazy I've done? What? (laughs) (laughs) Extreme measures here. Okay. So you know how, when you start, like you start talking to somebody or dating somebody or whatever, I would get on a dating website purposefully to like meet somebody and prepare for a date because I had the motivation to to eat better before that but I couldn't do it on my own mm-hmm. that's crazy you would so you would do that like consciously yeah yes consciously wow. because I don't I wouldn't get on I don't like to be on there and I wouldn't I would like you know be single for a long time and just trying to do better for myself, but I just couldn't get it together. So I'm like, okay, I'll get on there. I'm sure, you know, it's easy to get attention if you're a female, no matter who you are. Yeah. But then you have to meet this person. And so it always motivate me to sort of, and I wasn't doing it healthy. I was crashing, you know, I was doing a crash diet beforehand. Yeah. And it would sort of give me this like reset that I felt like I couldn't do on my own. And so that was kind of silly that I was, you know, doing that too. Yeah. That's interesting. Mine would be, I would crash diet. Like after I received feedback about my weight, I feel like that, or, or if I knew I was like going on vacation, I remember I did one when I went on like my senior trip to Florida, <laughs> like, yeah, I lost like 20 pounds the month before that. And then on the on the vacation of course I'm like eating everything and like Mm -hmm. drinking everything and then it all was back so quickly I'm trying to think like so anything else extreme you can think of like in regard to eating food or like the amount of food you would eat um the amount I would on the weekends in my early twenties, like it would just be the whole day. I would never stop. I would wake up, eat. I don't know what I was eating in the morning. Then I never really was like a breakfast person, but I was eating something. And then I, or maybe I was just sleep in late enough to where I wasn't eating breakfast. And then, you know, like getting fast food and then ordering a pizza, like a whole large pizza, eating the whole entire thing. And then still being able to get something else um, for, for, you know, um, it would be 
it wouldn't be like regular meals. It would just be yeah. a whole entire day of binging. Those yeah. were like my Sundays after being out all night the night before drinking and hanging out with friends and yeah, but it it really truly does like blow my mind the um the volume of food that I was able to consume and handle, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would say another thing that I know that I've done that really indicated addiction for me after becoming a parent was uh, my, and I don't know if this is specifically for me because I have um, a previous childhood experience with this, but my, my mom being an alcoholic and my father being gone, working a lot, my mom would leave and drink and leave me, my sister and I at home when we were really tiny. And I just remember thinking, how in the world could you do that? You know? And so whenever I would have times when, you know, it was just me and me and my son and the times after I put him to bed that I would just want to leave to go get food because I didn't have anything in the house or I didn't want to cook anything and nothing, you know, you get a craving for something. That's what you want. That's what you're fixated on. And I would have to leave to go get it. However, I never did, mm. but I had that urge to do the same thing that my mother did that I despised her you know, about. And so that was like another thing. This is when he was really tiny. And so it's like, what's he going to do? You know, he, he'll be fine. He's sleeping. He's not going to wake up. He never wakes up. You know, you're rationalizing all this stuff in your head. Wow. And then you're like, what the fuck am I thinking? Like, yeah. get your shit together. That, though, honestly, the, that was like my breaking point. And that was sort of like the, around COVID, when COVID started too. So like, it didn't matter. It was before that, because then COVID started and then, there was nowhere to go. You couldn't do that. You had to be home, you know, yeah. you couldn't just leave. And so that was like, I have to figure this out, especially for my child. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that because my breaking point had to do with my kids too. Well, two things. So well, a couple of things <laughs> like I, I've told you this, but I haven't said it on here. When I look back at like the most fucked up shit is I, like I told you how I would eat foods that would cause stomach issues knowing mm -hmm. me. And I was totally addicted to like Dairy Queen blizzards. And I would get like, I used to get, it would depend either Oreo blizzard or a Heath blizzard. <laughs> And I would get a Heath blizzard with extra Heath. So I'd always get extra candy in the blizzard. Cause like I wanted every bite to be just full of candy. Mm -hmm. And when I think about eating that now, I'm like, how, like you said, yeah. like, and I would get like a, I don't know if I really ever got a large, but I would always get like a medium and which is a lot of fucking ice cream and candy. <laughs> but when I was breastfeeding my oldest, she was a couple months old and I started to recognize and I was doing a lot of research because she had a lot of like she would cry all the time like what they call colic which I don't think is 
fucking colic. Anyway, this conversation the other day. I'm like, I started doing all this research. I'm like, it's the fucking dairy that I'm eating. Dairy fucks with my stomach. So it's probably fucking with hers. And I ate that blizzard knowing it was going to make me sick, her sick. And I was literally sick in the bathroom on the toilet for like multiple hours, like having to console her while I was on the toilet. We were both sick at the same time. And I knew it in that moment. And I like wanted to quit. And that's another thing you want to quit, but you can't. And I wanted to quit the dairy so bad and I couldn't. So I ended up just being done breastfeeding and like putting her on formula, which I'm not saying is bad or wrong in any way, but Mm -hmm. like that is how serious my addiction was. I couldn't stop. So I like couldn't breastfeed. And I know that's like, so common with other addictions too. Mm -hmm. And the other breaking point, since you mentioned breaking point, I wish that would have been my breaking point, but that was even before the height of my addiction. Um, it was mother's day weekend of 2020, May, 2020 we were, and this was like, Jonathan had already started clean eating and like, he was losing weight. He was feeling great. And he was like, begging me because I was always complaining about how depressed I was and he was like you know you feel better when you eat better like how about you eat better and I'm like fuck you I don't want to yeah and we go to a friend's house and this is like the social stigma and this is the biggest thing I struggled with to like finally stop was because I want I want to be social with people I want to go to social places I want to fit in I want to be like And we were at this get together and there's so much junk food, like, and our kids were eating mostly clean because he was, and like, he didn't even want to go to this get together because he knew like what food would be there and alcohol would be there. And I like convinced him because I'm like, I need to get out of the house. And it clicked for me when like Ada, my, my youngest was like a year and a half and they had her like sitting on the countertop eating cake with her hands which is like a cute thing right like that's a cute thing for babies to do and I was like oh my god I like I was like she's gonna be a food addict just like I am if I don't fucking stop and like it finally clicked and I was like okay we're done like clean her up we're leaving Mm -hmm. and that was that was the moment where I was like never again I'm not doing this anymore. And I told him on the way home and he was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And it really was like the next day I was like, I'm done. Like cutting everything out. I was fucking miserable. I was so mad and cranky. And I think it's because I like knew that that was it. And that is so hard because I'm like, well, I want them to like me or I want them to still invite me over. And like, I don't want them to think I'm a bitch because I don't want my kid eating their cake. And it still sucks, but it's like part of it. And it sucks that that's like what you have to do to fit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know what you mean when you say, you know, like finding the people that you know, will accept you for your lifestyle. Yeah. Because from the moment, I mean, I found out I was pregnant. I already knew how I was going to feed my son. I already knew 
I wasn't giving him cow's milk. I already knew that I was going to attempt to breastfeed him for the first year. I wasn't giving him rice cereal or anything like that. I made all of his food and I felt so strong about it that it didn't matter to me what anybody else thought. And I guess it is more normal in my sort of world because I have a sister who's a vegetarian. My dad was always like holistic and, and, you know, he always bought organic everything, which is where I learned everything from. And my other, my younger sister, she's, she's organic as well. And so in our family, we do sort of have all these accommodations that we have to make for each other. And that we've had to learn to respect each mm-hmm. other's lifestyles. And that was something that my sisters and I were very, very different on. And I also knew I didn't want Brecken to have any sugar. Um, he didn't, he had sugar on his first birthday was the first time he had sugar and he got really sick, really, really sick. Yeah. And then I stopped again, but something that I have had to learn to do is because I don't want to create, you know, a complex for my child that I know that I have because I've watched my parents have one as well. And that was, like I said, in the beginning of this podcast, I can only control my environment. When I'm in someone else's environment, I have less control and I have to learn to accept that. And so when we go out to parties or we go and it's a holiday and it's, you know, Halloween is coming up, I have, I allow him to engage in that, you know, but the majority of his life at home, we don't have candy at home. We don't have sweets at home. We don't have sugar in our foods and stuff like that. And so I've also limited food dye for him um, his whole life, just because he does have a, a pretty severe reaction to it. And that's probably been the hardest thing because so many people don't understand or sort of accept that as like a thing. Yeah. And so there have been times where I have allowed it to happen. I'm like, okay, well, you guys who fed him this food get to now be in charge of him. Mm. And you will see a different child in about 30 minutes. And then we will be leaving shortly. (laughs) But, um, you know, it's a very, very, very distinct difference in, in my child when he is given things like that. And so sometimes you do have to just like give people an example. We were at my grandparents' house, so my whole family was there. They'd never seen him act this way ever. Mm. My own mother is the one that gave it to him. And she knows of all people not to, that he doesn't get it. I'm like, okay, well, here we go. We get to see a new Brecken. <laughs> and they were like, oh my goodness. So, you know, it's, it's hard to be sort of assertive with other people about your life and lifestyle. Yeah. But then, you know, being able to provide an example or just to simply not care, or then there's another alternative to allow yourself to have whatever and enjoy it and then go on about your day when you get home. But finding one of those, you know, choices 
is hard. I, I've, I've never been able to do it until, you know, the last couple of years. And um, I do feel a lot better now that I am able to confidently choose something rather than just binge. And that's another thing when you're at a, you know, a party or whatever, and you keep sneaking back into the kitchen to like get another plate or get another whatever, you know, that's oh, yeah. food addiction. You, I mean, pulling food out of the tr- your own trash at home. Yeah. You know, like you're like, oh, maybe I wasn't done with that, but I thought I was done with it, but I'm maybe not being, <laughs> that's okay. There's nothing else on it. You know, yep. it's just stuff like that. You know, being able to accept that you're done or that you can have this and, and move on and not be consumed by it later is important. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I have gone through, like my journey has taken me through like in that moment where I described like my youngest with the cake in that moment and throughout that next like year, I became super righteous about it. And I was like the same, how you said, like reckon would never have sugar and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I went through that period for a while and I still enforce it just not as strictly, but same reason why you do like with the food diet, because when my kids have an abundance of those foods, their behavior is significantly different. Like my daughter started going to a school last year and she was coming home and like, it was months into her new school year. So at first I'm like, oh, she's just acclimating. Like she's just different, but she was coming home, like super crabby and like throwing major fits. And I was like, what is going on? And she finally told me like, I've been eating candy at school and I'm like, Oh, (laughs) thank you for letting me know. Like you're not in trouble, but you notice like how you're like having trouble handling your emotions. And she says, she said, yeah, like it is so real. And I think we, I mean, I was so disconnected from how food made me feel, or it was even hard to accept the connection I think because I was so addicted to the food like that was for me I was googling like why am I so depressed and why am I so tired and these women in this forum were like when I like stopped eating sugar or when I cleaned up my diet I all of that changed and it took me googling that and searching that like 10 like over 10 times probably but that is my reason for being strict now still because of the effects that it has on my kids and the effects that it has on me. And now I'm just like, so obsessed with feeling good. Whereas before I was just so obsessed with the food and it didn't matter. And it took so much work to like be confident and like, telling people no or saying like no we just don't eat that Mm -hmm. and you really do train people how to treat you too like like you said like the people at your work like okay that's fine you guys can say what you want like they're not gonna continue making fun of you or if they do it's not gonna be fun for them (laughs) yeah exactly like yeah (laughs) that's a big that's I don't know that's a really important part of the journey that I think a lot of people struggle with is just like the social aspects of just like 
being the person who says no. And it's not like, no, I can't have it. I'm on a diet. Like you want it to be a decision where it's like, no, I just like, I'm choosing not to eat it. It's a value. Yeah. It's a value. And this is like my favorite thing about values is that, you know, we all have this idea. Well, why are you doing this for my family, for my health or whatever, but why, why are you doing it for your family? Why are you doing it for yourself? Why are you doing it? And when we're able to set these ideas and speak them out loud or write them down, then we can identify them. And that's how we're able to set boundaries. And so like boundaries give you confidence in the decisions that you're making because you value yourself, you value your health, you value the way you feel. And so, because I do care about all of those things, no one can touch my emotions associated with that. No one can sit there and criticize me for the way that I feed myself and my family in a healthy way. I don't have to feel bad about that because it's what I care about the most. And nobody gets to take that away from me. Yeah. That's conviction, right? Like that is absolutely that is conviction. And that's Mm -hmm. I there's no better way for me to describe my commitment to my healthy lifestyle now. Absolutely. (laughs) And like I had to gain that confidence over time. It's like I love how you said, like you gain confidence. And for me, it was like every single time I said no, like I was getting more and more confidence, confident mm-hmm. in that decision. And I was believing myself that I actually meant it. And I noticed mm-hmm. like when I would be around certain people and I would eat foods that I really didn't want to eat, but I just wanted to fit in. Like it was also telling them that I'm not serious. So it's telling them to not take me seriously in my decisions when I, all I want was for them to take me seriously. It's right. so funny. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, when you started, you know, have convictions about what you care about, other people are like, oh, whoa, she's really like serious about this. Yeah. I'm going to back off. I'm not going to, yeah, you know be her binge buddy anymore or you know like try to you know make fun or whatever like this really is something that you know you care about and maybe I'll try to respect that because she respects herself yes exactly that's exactly what it is and I I mean I started that mindset thing a while ago I started I heard it somewhere it was like every single decision you make like first think is this in alignment with like what I want for my life yeah so it's like okay if what I want is to feel good and be healthy and like back then I honestly did want to lose weight but that wasn't what it was all about anymore it was like is this in alignment with that person that I want to become yes or no and that is like that's when you have values that's how you guide your life and 
each decision you make that is in alignment with your values, it just becomes a part of you. It's not so hard anymore. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you have like structure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like what you were, you mentioned before when people are asking you in the beginning and you just, you're not really sure what to say. And that's because you haven't really identified really your purpose in what you're doing. And so that's an easier way to then be able to set a boundary is that like, for one, it doesn't even matter. Like why you're even asking me that I'm making this choice for myself. But if you really want to know, you know, you know, it's like, these are the reasons and something that, you know, I think both of us have sort of roundabout talked about is at the end of the day, it really truly doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about choices that we make for ourselves. And in some, and it's hard to get to that point. It's so hard, especially when we are emotional beings and we are, you know, we do try to people please and things like that, but, or, or to try to fit in. But when it comes to those convictions that you have, you get to be a rebel rebel and sort of be confident about it. Like, I kind of like to do that a little bit. And like, when I was at work the other day, I'm like, I am the only one making you guys like the healthiest food. You know what I mean? Like, I'm proud of that. I'm super proud of that. That's what my dad did. My dad used to bring at the salon I would work at, my dad would bring us a whole spread of like the healthiest, all like organic food for the whole salon for us to eat. Cause he knew we couldn't go get lunches, you know, or if we did, it was like, you know, fast food. And that was like, my dad's like love language was cooking for people. And so now I get to do that. And I feel like I get to honor him every time. And so I like, I make fun of me all day long. I'm like nourishing you. And I am proud to be able to do that because maybe somebody in the office is listening and maybe they would like to change that their lifestyle to this. And now they know that I have a little bit of knowledge that they may not have that they could come to me sometime and ask. So you never know who's listening or who's paying attention, even though things like this get brought up and it could seem negative, it could turn out to a positive. Oh my God. So. Yeah. That's a really great point. And I'll tell you, there's like no better feeling than like making a healthy food and someone tasting it and being like, oh my God, this is so good. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm over here suffering. I'm really enjoying my life. I didn't get to bring any chili home. Everybody ate it. See, I know that that honestly has been one of my favorite parts of the journey is like, as before it was like, I felt sorry for myself because I was having to eat healthy, boring food. And now I have so much fun, like making food taste delicious. Yeah. That doesn't make me feel like shit. Yeah. I know this is so funny. Go ahead. You go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say like, I make chicken tenders and I eat French fries still. Like you can have food like that. Just, yeah. What were you going to say? They were asking me what was in my chili and I was telling them like all of the ingredients. And then I, 
like I just have I have like so I've always had like a whole entire cabinet dedicated to spices like I am not a bland cooker Mm -hmm. and one of the girls was like oh my gosh like you do not cook like a white girl and I don't know (laughs) I mean I can assume maybe what that meant but like I was really proud to hear that comment and I'm like no, like I know you guys probably, yeah, did think that my food was going to be kind of boring because it was just organic, whatever. And it was so good. And that's what I'm, I'm used to like flavor. And I've always been used to really good, well-cooked food. We never bought anything in a package. Wow. Nothing was processed that my parents cooked. And so you had to make everything from scratch so like sauces and and everything we never bought like jars of you know pasta like um you know alfredo or anything like that like my parents made everything wow and so it was like when I do eat other things sometimes I'm like oh this is just kind of you know basic and bland I'm used to really and I mean I have a we have really good cooks in our family. So like our family functions are just like so satisfying and good. And that's just what I've always been used to. And so I had, I was a terrible cook and I had to learn how to become a better cook. And that's what also helped me, you know, feel more satisfied that my food does taste better than what I'm getting out at a restaurant or definitely, definitely fast food. So so true. I was I'm such so a blessed. journey. Yeah. I'm so blessed to be with my partner now because he's such a good cook. And like, I did grow up with all those packaged foods. Like my mom would make, I, I always remember like my mom always made mashed potatoes from scratch. Like that's yeah. something I was proud of. Like it was never instant mashed potatoes, but everything else was very much like in a can or in a package. Mm-hmm. And when I got with my husband now Jonathan he cooked everything like you're describing from scratch and I was like what is this world like it was also new to me and it tastes so much better like yeah all of what I thought were my favorite foods I was and then now like you said when I eat them I'm like what is this like this is gross like yeah because it's so like lacking like he taught me about um like how you can like lay let layer like seasonings like you season this first and then you add something else and then season that yeah <laughs> oh my god this is amazing yeah. it's a whole new world and we've just been so disconnected from it because we've been um like conditioned to convenience to like just grab whatever's fast and easy and cooking is so can be when you allow it to be so enjoyable and taste so much better yeah yeah 